The Star Sport Podcast is brought to you by Access Credit Union. Access Credit Union, funding dreams for over 50 years. Close your eyes and pull like down. <laughs> and a new Irish record for Phil Healy, 22.99. Christy Cooney hands over the Sam McGuire Cup to Graham Canty, Cork All-Ireland Champions for the seventh time ever. Hello and welcome to the Star Sport Podcast. My name is Jack McCarran of the Southern Star and I'm joined by Star Sport Editor Kieran McCarthy and Matthew Hurley from the Star Sports Department. Before we kick things off, I'd just like to give a gentle reminder to our listeners and viewers to please rate, review and subscribe to the podcast on Apple Podcasts Spotify and YouTube. The Star Sport Podcast is brought to you in association with our friends at Access Credit Union. Access Credit Union, where your bank really does matter. Choose the credit union, choose local, choose community. On this week's podcast, we're looking back on the year that was in West Cork Sport and counting down the top 10 moments from yet another banner 12 months for the region. From rowing domination to the meteoric rise of the Castlehaven ladies football team, 2022 will go down in the West Cork sporting history books as a year to remember. Before we dive in, I just want to flag our episode from last week, which is still available, and it's well worth checking out in case you missed it. We were joined by Eamon Hart and Brendan Wallace to chat about their former Clonakilty teammate, Podrick Griffin, who passed away tragically in October of this year. I also just want to briefly mention our upcoming publishing dates over the Christmas period. The Southern Star will be in shops as normal this Thursday, December 22nd. On Thursday, December 29th, we'll also be in shops as normal. And that edition will feature our special end of year review supplement with some great interviews and reviews looking back. Now, lads, let's get straight in to the top 10 West Cork sporting moments from 2022 as chosen by the man himself, Matthew Hurley, starting with number 10. And Kieran, I'll come to you first on this one. And one of the breakout athletic stars of the year was Kilbritton Hammer Shore, Nicola Tuttle. Yeah, it's a it's a great, um, great entry to start the top 10 with. So Nicola Tuttle, she's a Kilbritton teenager, a former West Cork youth sports star overall winner. Um, she was when she was 16, she was the Irish senior women's hammer throw champion. So that just shows the, the caliber of the athlete that we are talking about. But Nicola's year didn't get off to the best start at the European Hammer Throwing Cup in Portugal back in March. She fell and she dislocated her elbow and had a had a fracture or a break there as well. So obviously not ideal for a hammer thrower, hammer thrower. Um, the World Under-20 Championships were on in Cali, Colombia in August. So she was really up against it to get back in fight and fit shape for to compete on, on the world stage. But Nicola put her head down. And not only did she get to Cali, but she also got to the to the world final. She finished eight overall, but she also threw a personal best in the semi-final en route to the en route to the final. So it was an incredible, incredible comeback for Nicola. And even I remember talking to her after the world final itself and over in Colombia, there was a storm that day, a huge lightning and thunderstorm. So they actually had to had to stop the final. So they had four or five hours for all the 
I think it was eight finalists or twelve finalists were in a in a in a room together in a, under, under the stadium, just waiting for the the storm to subside. So it was a a really memorable trip for Nicola Tuttle, but her comeback was exceptional. Yeah, absolutely brilliant stuff throughout the year from Nicola Tuttle. Number nine on our list then is the history makers, and that was Lawyer Rovers who claimed Beamish Cup. Glory and Matthew, I'll come to you on this one. Why was this such a momentous occasion for Lyre? Well, I suppose uh, most people would think uh, the league winners would be, um, uh, you know, rewarded more with Dream Rangers winning the league. But this was the first ever Beamish Cup title for Lyre Rovers, and their run to the final was pretty good as well, beating Kilgob and Celtic, Bayer AFC. They hammered them in that round 5 1. Riverside Athletic in the semi-final and they beat Clonakilty Soccer Club. Now, for context, Clonakilty Soccer Club were actually, I think, top of the Premier Division this year. So that was a brilliant win to get a 1-0 <clears throat> victory for Lawyer there. So it was a brilliant um, brilliant win for Lawyer Rovers. First ever Beamish Cup and uh, I'll say on record, I used to actually play for Lawyer Soccer. So absolutely delighted for them, delighted for that club and uh, yeah, well deserved the, the Beamish, Cup, Beamish Cup this season. The truth always comes out. Look, he plays for Lyre Rovers, and all of a sudden they appear on the on the on the top ten list. But in fairness, Matthew, they definitely deserve it. Like for for Lyre to do what they did this year, it's the it's Ryder Rover stuff for Lyre. Um, they're the first ever ever Beamish Cup, and who knows, they might try and sign you back now for the 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 twenty two twenty three season. Jeez, jeez, I I I used to play left back. No, that apparently is the easiest position ever to play. So. They, they might need left back here or there, but um, yeah, I'd, I'd probably be waiting for a long time, maybe a year or two for that call here. And I'd say, but uh, at least I'm in the star sport department, anyway, it's much better, I'd say. Yeah, and just to mention one more thing about Lyre Rovers, and I'm going to pat myself on the back here because I think one of the headlines of the year was one of the weeks I was deputizing for Kieran, and it was the same week that Lyre won the cup, and we ran the front page Lyre, Lyre, champs on fire. So Unfortunately, Kieran didn't. Oh, did I freeze? No, I didn't freeze. We're still here. So, uh, yeah, liar, liar, champs and fire. I think it done justice to a remarkable achievement for that club. We're going to move on to number eight now, and it's the first rowing entry in our list, but certainly won't be the last. And it is the performance of Aoife Casey, daughter of coach Dominic Casey at the World Rowing Championship. So, Kieran, I let you take this one. Over the last couple of years, the success of Skibbering Roars has really put West Cork on the map. And in 2022, it was absolutely no different. So we, it, it's not an Olympic year. It's the year after an Olympic. So usually this is the, the down year for, for athletes as they as they kind of come to terms with life after their after the Olympics. But for the Skib Roars, they kept doing what, what they do best, and, and that's win medals on the world stage. And for Aoife Casey, who is the daughter of rowing guru Dominic Casey, it was a very memorable year because... In the Irish lightweight uh, double, women's double alongside Margaret Crimmon, they won bronze at the 2022 World Championships. And this is notable for a number of factors. First off, this is a breakthrough medal. This is a huge moment for, for Aoife and Megs because they qualified for the Olympics in Tokyo back in 2021. But they are a very, very young crew. They were probably a small bit ahead of schedule when they qualified for that Olympics, but they did so well there and they got the eighth place. So this year now they've built on that Olympic, that 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 um that exposure to the Olympics and they've won a world medal. So this shows to them that they can hold their own with the best in the world. And the crew they beat into 
into fourth was the French crew that finished in the podium at the Olympics last summer, or the summer of 2021. So that shows the company that Aoife and Megs are mixing with now. So for Aoife, it's given her it's a confidence boost. She's a, a her first world medal in her back pocket. And she's a rower who started rowing internationally for Ireland back in 2015 at the Coupe de Jeunesse alongside Emily Hegarty. She's had to wait a long time for, for this medal, but it's really been worth the wait because they can use this as a platform and a catapult to more success in the years ahead. Because in 2023, it's the start of the Olympic countdown. The Paris Games are in 2024. Um, Aoife and Megs will hope to be in that Irish women's lightweight double of course that's not nailed on um, you've Lydia Heafy from Lip is champion at the bit to try and get in there too but for Aoife Casey to finish 22 with a world bronze medal it just sets her up in a really good place for 2023 As I mentioned there will be another fairly notable rowing entry later in this list but Matthew I just want to ask you briefly about rowing generally because Unlike myself and Kieran, you're quite a young man. You've also grown up in West Cork, knowing nothing but rowing excellence for the region. So what has that kind of meant to you as a sports fan? Just obviously you're a GA man first, but you come from West Cork. You've lived here all your life. And during the period of your, say, teenage years and into your early 20s, West Cork has become the haven almost further than nationally, worldwide for rowing excellence. Oh, it has, yeah, it's it's been absolutely unbelievable. Even in 2016, initially when uh, Paul Gary won that silver medal in uh, Rio, like every every household that's here around West Cork was absolutely jumping for joy then. And uh, before that, even 2016, rowing even across the country wasn't really uh, known in Ireland, say in Olympic circles anyway. Most people were thinking boxing, athletics, etc. But now the rowers have just taken over, especially West Cork, and even that um, gold medal win in um, in Tokyo. While it was a brilliant achievement, it was expected at the same time, but the lads, uh, Finton and Paul, still uh, delivered. And when you look at uh, the amount of talent coming through as well, um, from Maya Knowles, Lauren McCarthy Steele, there's a lot of them coming up, and it's absolutely brilliant to see. And even the, some of the GA players, they don't make the GA or make the soccer, so they go to the rowing club in Skipperine. So it's absolutely brilliant to see. And um, yeah, long may continue because it's a brilliant sport to pick up and um, ultimately Ireland are very successful at it. Yeah, absolutely. Um, We'll move along now to number seven and always in West Cork, a major part of the sporting year is the road bowling scene. And 2022 was no different with two West Cork bowling stars, Michael Bohan and Hannah Sexton having memorable years, Kieran. Yeah, ex- exactly that. Both won their first Munster senior titles and they both went on to the All-Ireland finals as well. So looking at Michael Bohan first, he, he's a car man who created a bit of history. The first man from the Carberry division to win the, the county Munster senior men's final. And if you're being quite honest about it, at the start of the year, he wouldn't have been one of the, of the favourites for this crown. But he put the head down and he bowled so, so well. And I think it was Seamus Sexton that he beat in the in, in the Munster final. And that's the same Seamus Sexton who was coming off the back of winning a gold medal at the Europeans in Germany in May. So Michael Bohan certainly won it the hard way. He took down some big guns along the way. I think he beat James O'Donovan as well in one of the earlier rounds. And James O'Donovan from Bandon was a finalist in um, 
in 2021. So it just shows the caliber of, of, of road bowlers that Michael Bohan beat. Then he got to the All-Ireland final. It didn't work out for him. He came up against Thomas Mackel, um from Ulster, who was winning his second senior All-Ireland. But at least now Michael Bohan knows going into 2023 that he's at a level where he can win Munster titles and he's at a level where he can compete in All-Ireland finals. So he'll be looking to kick on there. And then we have Hannah Sexton. And this is another brilliant West Cork sports story from the year. Hannah, in her first year up at senior, went and won the county and Munster senior women's title. And that's that's a remarkable story for Hannah. We know her from her underage bowling career where she just snaffled up all Ireland at a phenomenal rate. Back-to-back under-16 All-Ireland champion, back-to-back under-18 All-Ireland champion. Um, she won the Munster Intermediate Women's title in 2021, stepped up to senior, and in her first year won the, the senior women's Munster title. And she did so in style as well. At the Munster final in Ballincorrig, which is her favourite road, she equaled Silk, Silk Tulk's road record that day. So she, um, Hannah won Munster in style, went on then to the All-Ireland she came up against Kelly Sexton but just for a bit of context for our listeners Kelly Sexton is the or sorry um, Kelly Mellon is the most successful women's bowler of all time she is just on a different level altogether she was also the Armagh Ladies Senior Football Captain this year she's just an all-round sports star Hannah tried but Kelly was just too good on the day and Kelly won her 10th her 10th All-Ireland Senior Women's title which is an incredible record but for Hannah She's seen she can compete at this level. She's now come up against the best, Kelly Mellon. She's, she knows what's needed now to compete against the likes of Kelly Mellon. So it leaves Hannah in a good place going into, going into 2023. And just for our listeners, in our big sports review coming up on out on December 29th, we have interviews with both Michael Bohan and with Hannah Sexton. And Hannah Sexton, it's a Q&A and it's well worth checking out where she explains what a sop is in, in bowling. She... She tells us more about what she needs to do in 2023. If she could throw one more, sh- if she if she could have one chance to throw one shot this year, what would it be and why? Um, she picks out some of the upcoming uh, young female road bowlers in West Cork to keep an eye on. So that's really worth really worth checking out. And also Matthew Hurley caught up with Michael Bohan to chat about his dream year. So there are two two really strong road bowling pieces in our end of year sport review. Um, Matthew, you obviously mentioned earlier that. You formally plied your trade with Lawyer Rovers. We know you're a member of Valnascarty GA Club. Have you ever taken to the roads? Um, well, I've, I've heard of it in um, my own um, former secondary school, Clark Kids Community College. We used to be very successful in bowling, actually. Um, two, I, I, I don't know, are they are they well-known in the bowling circles right now? But David Hagerty and uh, Kieran O'Sullivan are two probably up-and-coming bowlers around that area, ones from Kilmeade, ones from around the Lawyer region, right next to the Lawyer G- soccer pitch, as a matter of fact. So, yeah, there's a load of uh, bowlers around West Cork. And, yeah, it's a brilliant sport. Even for Hannah Sexton, she lives around the Tibbley, Kilbritton area. That's pretty near myself as well. So, And she has a GA background as well. And it's another example. The more sport you do, the more involved you get in uh, West Cork sports in, in a way as well. So, um, yeah, it's, it's very successful around these areas. Yeah. It sounds to me, Jack, that that's a that's a plea from Matthew for the road bowlers of West Cork for someone to take him out on the road and to show him the rope. So, if any road bowl, road bowler listening to this podcast wants to show Matthew how to how to throw a bowl or bring him along in the score, just get in touch and we'll have to start that out for you, Matthew. Jeez, yeah, yeah. The more sports I do, the better, I suppose. That. Yeah, absolutely. Well, we'll move on now. And Matthew, I'm going to stay with you for number six, and it's the Saints' march on. 
and that was St. James's lifting the Calgary Junior A Football Championship for 2022 and securing their place in the Premier Junior County Championship ahead of next season. Yeah, it was an absolutely brilliant story. We covered a lot of James's matches this season, including their first game against Mary's, which they actually lost. I think it was 113 to 312 that day. They had a very bad first half. They needed to recover from that. And um, yeah, they recovered after the second game against Castlehaven, actually, which I, I didn't watch. But a lot of people were saying that they probably on another day could have lost that game. But they still they still folded in themselves to win that game in the end. Then they hammered Columns. They hammered Bandascarty in the quarterfinals. Then they somehow beat Mary's in uh, the rematch in the semi-final. And I was at this game. And uh, yeah, the late goal from the player manager, Alan O'Shea, what a finish to the game. It was absolutely incredible. And then the final was pretty comfortable against Arcadine Rangers. But like even when things were going wrong at points for James, they still found a way to win. And that was a brilliant side of the team, to be honest with you. And yeah, even against Kilmurray, like Kilmurray were arguably the much better team on the day. But James still only lost the game by three points. Like they were still in the game right until the very end. And that's a credit to the whole James's team. Like a, a few names here. Frank Hayes, very good performance from him. Aaron Hayes was their top scorer, top scorer from play, I think, in the Carberry West Cork uh, Championship this season. Um, and O'Shea obviously coming off the bench. A few others like Connor Hayes, Captain Fantastic. So James has had brilliant performances all over the field. And the Premier Junior Championship next season will be very interesting because they're in a group with Kilmurray, who they lost to last year, who went on to play Foss in the Munster final. Kinsale, who usually have a good football team. And Mill Street, who I look at out of the relegated intermediate A sides and think, how do they get there with the likes of Dark Ashman and Kevin Crowley in the team? So it should be very interesting how James get on. It's a very tough group. But then again, it'll be a great experience for them. And I, I chatted to Kevin O'Brien in the past as well, and a few other players, and Frank Hayes as well. And they're enjoying the challenge. So best of luck to them. And uh, hopefully they'll do West Cork Road in the chapter next season. Yeah, Kieran St. James's has been one of the, the best stories to follow in West Cork from a GA perspective over the last three years, I suppose. You could say. And 2023 is going to be no different, as Matthew uh, said out there. They're going to have a huge challenge in the Premier Junior County Championship, but a challenge that they'll be relishing. Exactly. And it's just where they want to be, I think. They were, they were one of the surprise packets of 2022. When you look at, at the, the I suppose West Cork GA as a whole this year, especially the men's side, it wasn't a stellar year for for the men's for the men's um the, the men's football and hurling teams. I know Mahoon has won a county um junior B title earlier in the year, but for St James's to do what they did and to win Carberry and to win promotion up to the county Premier Junior grade for 2023, huge for the club, massive for the club because they're up against the likes of. Tyg McCorrick, who are the reigning champions, Kill McAbee, who are always there, thereabouts, a coming Argadine Rangers team. You've battled Nascarty in, in there as well. So it's a really tough championship to win. So for St. James's to do what they did and get through, I suppose, escape, escape from West Cork. They're now set free. Go free St. James's into the into the wilds of the county series. And like uh, like Matthew said, they're up against Kilmurray, Kinsale, and Mill Street. So what that is as well, it's new opposition. They're outside. It's not the familiar faces that they've they've played in Carberry over over the, the last couple of years, and I think that'll be very exciting for 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 the team because they're um they're uh they're they're a club with no minor or or under sixteen or or, or under seventeen whatever it is now um teams as well. So they they rely a lot they rely a lot on some of their elder statesmen and there's some young guns coming up as well. So for for the club, it's a huge boost to put them into that that new county premier junior series. In 2023, they now know the draw. 
they'll know very, very soon. Even by the time this podcast comes out, I think the fixtures could actually be out for, for next year so they can they can start to plan their summer. So fierce, exciting time for St. James. Okay, lads, we'll take a quick break. And coming up next, it's the top five West Cork sporting moments of 2022. The Star Sport Podcast is brought to you by Access Credit Union. Access Credit Union, funding dreams for over 50 years. The story of West Cork rugby players dominating Munster and Ireland teams in both men's and women's has been one we've loved following at the Southern Star in recent years. But probably their greatest success came just a few weeks ago when Inna Shannon's Jack Crowley made his first start for the Ireland senior men's team against the mighty Australia. And Kieran Jack Crowley is a serious talent. And we've even intimated on the podcast that he could be a dark horse for the Ireland World Cup squad next year based on his recent performances in the green of Ireland and the red of Munster. We had Tom Savage on the podcast, um, Tom Savage of Three Red Kings fame, a couple of weeks ago, and I think I put put the question to him of all the the West Cork players who have made their senior Ireland debuts in recent times, and obviously with Darren Sweet and back in twenty seventeen in the summer of twenty twenty one, we bought Gavin Coombs and Finian Witcherley, but in the, in the latest autumn international series, Jack Crowley um, came on as a, a sub against Fiji, then started against Australia the following week. But I put the the Tom is possibly quite possibly is this the most significant um, West Cork appearance at at that level. Because Johnny Sexton is stepping away after the World Cup next year, that Ireland number ten jersey is going to be up for grabs. Um, Johnny Sex, um, when Johnny Sexton goes away, that means Joey Carberry is one of the the front runners for that. But Jack Crowley is pushing him so hard at Munster at the moment. Um, Jack Crowley is one for the present and for the future. I think he's only is it twenty two. That's all he is. He recently just signed a new two year contract extension with Munster to keep him at the province until twenty twenty five at least. Ron Nogara has been one of his biggest fans. He's spoken at Lint about him in the past. Ronan tried to take him over to um to La Rochelle. I think it was the end of 2020, started 2021. So he is really highly rated. Um, he has he has all the attributes to make it. And for him, for Jack, a product of Bandon Grammar School, a product of Band of of Bandon Rugby Club, a young man from Inishannon to, to make his Ireland senior debut. You could see that his profile is just growing and growing and growing. And it's a very exciting 2023 ahead. That Rugby World Cup in France is, is next September. That's not that's not too long too long away. You'd expect to see Jack Crowley possibly in and around the, the Six Nations squad. Um, and it's going to be interesting to see how Ireland will plan, plan their way to navigate through that Six Nations. Because they want to wrap Johnny Sexton up in cotton wool. So do you play him? Do you hold him back? Does that mean Jack Crowley could get a game? Fierce, exciting time for him. 2023 will be a huge year. He's off the back of a strong 2022 and he really deserves to be at number five in our our top 10 moments of the year. It's funny that you mentioned that Ronan O'Gara connection and how he tried to sign Jack Crowley because I saw this week that Ryanair has announced some new routes from Cork to mainland Europe, one of which is La Rochelle. So you have to wonder, has Ronan O'Gara had a hand in that? Is he trying to get that conveyor belt of Cork rugby players flying directly into his hands over the next 12 months. Matthew, on Jack Crowley and the wider West Cork rugby culture generally, how have you enjoyed following it and reporting on it during your time at the Southern Star? Because obviously 
the more West Cork players that get picked for Munster and get picked for Ireland, the better. Exactly. So, and uh, Jack Crowley in particular, I was I was so impressed with him against Fiji when he came on, um, and then against Australia, like he kicked his his kicked his goals, he did everything right, and uh, yeah, he was he was a brilliant playmaker in the middle of the field. And on Kieran's point on the Six Nations, I wouldn't be against Jack Crowley coming into the game against Italy, really, because it, like a lot of people are thinking Italy are probably you know the last place team, and it's a chance to give players a run out, and uh, Crowley. He's that sort of player. Maybe against Wales, like you know, I'm thinking of the structures around. I think we have home games against England and France, and then away games against Scotland, Wales, and Italy. So maybe Jack Crowley could play against them. Um, maybe a Scotland, so Wales and Italy, maybe something like that. Um, but for England and France, I wouldn't be surprised if Johnny Sexton's there. But Johnny Sexton's nearly 40 years of age now, so it's time for one of the players, whether it be Jack Crowley or Joey Harvey to step into the role, and especially Crowley. Like, he's rise this year. I think he was third choice in Munster at the start of the year, and then he moved to second choice, and now he's pushing Joey Carvey all the way. It's a brilliant performance by him, uh, indeed. And when you look at Finney Witcherly, Josh Witcherly, Gavin Coombs, like, brilliant players all over the place. Keen Hurley from Clannacilty as well is a very good rugby player. So, yeah, very good uh, rugby players at West Cork, and a uh, lot may continue. Like, um, rugby's a popular sport in Clannacilty and Skibbereen. Abandoned, so um, yeah, it's absolutely brilliant. Yeah, and um, well, moving on then, and we mentioned in our number ten slot that Nicola Tuttle may have been the breakout athletic star of twenty twenty two. Well, if she was the breakout star, the athlete at number four was the man who cemented himself as the most exciting athlete in Irish athletics, and that's Glenn Gareth's Dara McElhenney Kieran, who had another banner year. If listeners to this podcast didn't realise already, they do know we are fans of Dara McElhinney and we have been for some time. The the bearer man is just a phenom when it comes to athletics. And he's someone who's tracked to the top. His talent was almost mapped out from when he was 14, 15 and 16. But the the exciting, um, what's so exciting about Dara's journey is just he's continuing his development and his progression and his maturity year after year after year. And 2022 will go down as one of those kind of Kind of those years where you say, okay, Darrow's really stepped up and into senior level. He's really making his presence felt. He finished finishes the year with three senior titles, and it's a very unique hat trick. He won the indoor men's two thousand meter back in February. During the summer, he regained his outdoor men's five thousand meter title, and then just in I think it was the end of November, he picked up his first senior men's cross country title with a with a brilliant performance up in Donegal. So. To have those three national titles to his name and to get across those three different categories, indoor, outdoor and cross country, it just shows the range and, and talent of Dara. And we have to add in as well that he set six new personal bests during 2022, during, uh, between the indoor and outdoor season. As well as that, he competed at the European Senior Athletics Championships. And while he was disappointed with his finish overall in the men's 5,000 metre, we have to remember too that just inside the last lap, Dara was in seventh place, if I'm right. He was right in the hunt where he wanted to be. And I'd spoken to his coach, Emmett Dunleavy, before that. And he just wanted to see Dara hold his own in that company and be in the mix for in the final lap. And that's just, that's exactly what happened. And okay, Dara faded in the in the final 300 metres, but he knows that himself. And he knows what he needs to do to, to put himself in a better place, come to Europeans in the next Europeans or the world. So even now it's the Olympics 
Paris 2024. That is on his agenda. He's, he's hoping to get there. And after seeing what we've seen over the last couple of years and seeing that that continuous progression, and I think that's so important to note here, it's been a continuous progression. He's told me before, let's say when he was in his teens, he could have potentially have ran faster times than he already did. The times that he did run in his teens were, were national records, but he could have run faster if he loaded too much miles into his legs. But he decided they had to take a more sustainable approach, which is what they did, and it's paying off now because the best is yet to come. Yeah, absolutely. Well, Ireland is obviously famous for middle-distance runners, and if he was to go and run well at the Paris Olympics, you can just imagine the groundswell of support he'd get from West Cork, Cork, and across the country. Because when you think back to what Sonia did, for example, in Sydney, and I'm not putting the pressure on Darren Owen saying that he has to go and perform like Sonia in his first Olympics, but you just know the way this country reacts to athletes who compete in the events he competes in. It's just something that would really excite you for the future. And that's why we're going to keep supporting Dara. And Kieran wants to jump in and either correct me or... Uh... No, I just want to add to something you said there, like the Paris Olympics, what, 18 months away. And I think we need now to to, to kind of put a, a flag in the ground, Jack. We need to bring the Star Sport podcast to the Paris Olympics, right? Because not putting pressure on our local athletes, we could have Dara McElhinney there. We could have Phil Healy there. We could have Joan Healy there in the relay. Looking at the roars, we could have Paul, Finton, Emily, Aoife Casey, Lydia Heafy, Gary O'Donovan could be in the mix. Maybe uh, Jake McCarthy could be back in there too. And that's just off the top of my head. So I think we should start the petition. We should we should petition our MD in the Southern Star to get the Star Sport podcast to Paris. We're not looking for a five-star hotel. I'd be happy with a campsite outside Paris and trekking in and out. For the, for the week or two it's on but I think it's something that we should start flagging now Jack and start beating that drum yeah it's it's only a, it's only a short spin away and as I mentioned earlier the, the flight routes from Port to La Rochelle I'm pretty sure they've added uh, one of Paris's airports into that new route planner as well so simple it's it simple makes sense. so to the Southern Star MD if you're listening book the tickets okay lads we've reached the podium stage of our top 10 West Cork sporting moments of 2022. And in the bronze medal position, it's the meteoric rise of the Castle Haven, excuse me, the Castle Haven ladies football team in recent years. And Matthew, you write in your piece in the Southern Star that this rise has been nothing short of astonishing. Exactly, yeah. Like, uh, when you consider the facts, Castle Haven Ladies Football Club was formed in 2012, only 10 years ago. And now they're a senior team, along with Airog, Moran Abbey, all the brilliant sides, the kind of kids there as well. It's going to be brilliant. going to be brilliant to see. And uh, Didi Callahan's done an absolutely brilliant job with this Castle Haven team. Um, and when you consider they beat Lammire in the intermediate final, Lammire were a side, I think, that lost the last three or four finals before that. So... It was an absolutely brilliant achievement there. They won it on a shootout. Brilliant uh, kicking at the end. Brilliant nerve shown by the Castlehaven ladies in that game. And yeah, there are some very good uh, players coming up in Castlehaven. The club is developing year on year. And it's absolutely brilliant to see. And who knows, maybe they could um, provide a push to win the county title next season. Look, I hear Shane Renan's actually gone from Moore Abbey. So that, that will reduce their chances, really. So yeah, Castlehaven will do very well to win the competition next year but uh, yeah very good achievement for Castlehaven very good um, very good year for them and uh, yeah the rise continues 
Yeah, Kieran, anything to add to that? Like uh, everything Matthew said there just kind of sums it up. This has been one of the the best stories in West Cork sport and it's going to be brilliant to see this Castlehaven ladies team competing at the top table next season. Well, Matthew's put all the pressure on Castlehaven, put them as a team to knock Mornavi off their perch, but something has to finish at, at some time. And like Matthew said, Shane Renee has stepped back as Mornavi manager. Era Og will be in the mix. But there's nothing to say that Castlehaven can compete for the for the senior B title in 2023. Maybe that's the next part, the, the next stepping stone on their on their adv- adventure. Like this is a club that's celebrating its the, the LGFA part of Castlehaven. It's their tenth year in existence this year, and what they've achieved is astonishing. It's it's remarkable, really. They've now won four counties county titles in a row. Like Matthew said as well, they beat Glenmire in, in the intermediate final. Then they're now up to the senior ranks and. What, what we know from Castlehaven, the men's and women's sides over the over the last couple of years, that there's such a great structure and support to the clubs. Like the everyone in the parish really rose in behind them. And we saw that with the with the women's football team since it came on board. Um you think back to 10 years ago when when uh, three local women piled into their car, they drove around the parish asking, knocking at doors, asking young players, would they sign up for Castlehaven Ladies Football Club? The response they got was incredible, and what that meant as well is that that is that young girls and and women from Castlehaven didn't have to leave the parish to go play football, and that was so important that that the locals could play in their own famous blue and white strip, their blue and white jersey, and they have that now. And in fairness, like the Castlehaven women, what like we like we said, what they've done is astonishing. They're now up into the senior ranks. They they're going to take on the likes of Clannacilty, who've been a senior club the last couple of years. But we think back to the. The West Cork LGFA Division One final earlier this year, Castlehaven, who were then an intermediate team, actually beat Clannacilty, a senior team, in the final. So Haven have showed that they can hold their own against against senior sides. So it's going to be very interesting to watch their progression over the next couple of years. Like I said, I, I think it'll be step by step by step. And if we see them in the mix for the senior B title in twenty twenty three, that could be the next part of their journey. Number two, then, and the silver. Medalist for our top 10 West Cork sporting moments of 2022. And we mentioned the emergence of Jack Crowley as a potential successor to Johnny Sexton in the Ireland team in the number five position. But the West Cork women are also doing their thing in rugby circles and in particular on the club scene. And one of the stories of the season has been the Skibbereen ladies rugby side who landed a terrific treble Kieran. yeah this is one of the stories of the year and it was a it was a story in in the first half of the year the Skibbereen women's rugby club senior team and this team is only in existence since it, it was 2020 then COVID came along and that obviously disrupted sport for everyone but in their, their first, you could say, proper full campaign, what they achieved was incredible. So they won the the, uh, the Munster Women's Division 2 Cup. They won the Munster Division 2 League title. And they also won the Munster Divisional Cup to complete a remarkable treble. And it's just a brilliant story because the women's side of Skibbereen Rugby Club, that only kicked off a couple of years ago, first with a girls under 15 team. I think it was 2016, 2017, 2018, just around then. That girls under 15 team was the first... Um, ladies women's um side in Skibbereen rugby club and it has just mushroomed since then they now field teams at all different ages they now have that senior team as well and why that senior team is so important in Skibbereen it just it's it's something for the for the younger players to aim towards because they now know that if they can come up to the ranks of Skibbereen there is a senior side there for them to play with 
Um, and that's so important as well. So it means that players around that skibbering area do not have to leave to go play rugby if, if, if rugby is their sport. In the, the Sport Review coming out on December 29th, I catch up with Michelle O'Driscoll and she's from LEP. And she actually won Skibreen Rugby Club Women's Player of the Year this year. She's a, a really talented rugby player who also plays at Bell and College. She's a dual status there because um, Skibreen is, is, a, is, is, a, is a junior club. But she was making the point that it's so important that this current team leaves Skibreen Women's Rugby in such a strong place and that their strong foundation sunk so that the club and this team lasts going into the future. But if they keep going on the the upper curve that they are at the moment and winning trophies and contesting finals. And they were just in another final there um, last w- weekend as well. If, if, if they if they keep on, on this upward tra- 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 trajectory, it's only going to be good times for Skibbereen women's rugby in the future. Yeah, Matthew, anything to add there? Obviously a brilliant story, a terrific treble and a trailblazing team in West Cork sport. Exactly that. So I think here was uh, covered as much as possible there. But I just wanted to say, like, um, it, the profile of women's rugby in West Cork because of this team has risen so much after this. And uh, I think a lot of uh, people like uh, associated with women's rugby would be just thinking around West Cork. That's the bar we need to go to 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 you know develop as a club. And yeah, like a few years ago, maybe 2014, 2015, a lot of people would say women's rugby in West Cork you would have laughed if that was successful, but no, it's happened. It's absolutely incredible, you know, and yeah, it has developed um, women's rugby. Women's rugby has been developing all through the years, year on year, especially in West Cork. And yeah, it's it's brilliant to see. And maybe a few other clubs will um, take some inspiration from Skibbereen. They are the, you know, the standard bearers. Okay, lads. Well, we're going to move on to the gold medal position in our top 10 West Cork sporting moments of twenty. 22 and who else could it be the two men who spend more time on the top of the podium than any other Irish sports people at present and it's Paul O'Donovan and Fintan McCarthy and their remarkable gold medal win at the World Rowing Championships in the Czech Republic so Kieran, what more can we say take it away it's 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 hard at this stage, Jack, to add to what we've said over the the last couple of years about what uh, Finton and Paul have achieved. Um, it's just been incredible. Their domination of the men's lightweight double skulls. It's uh, it's not just a national story anymore. It's it's a worldwide story because they are the best in the world. They kicked off twenty twenty two by being named the World Rowing Men's Crew of the Year for twenty twenty one. So that just shows that their their talent is recognised right across the globe. They are the most dominant pairing in the lightweight men's double in a, in a long time. They won European gold this year and they won world gold as well. So they won European gold in Munich. Then they won the world gold was in the Czech Republic. But what is almost even more remarkable about um, Paul and Finton's feats this year is that the two lads were not together in the boat that often at all. And that's ominous for the for their for their rivals heading into the the, the Paris Olympic cycle. Because Paul was so busy with his medicine studies at UCC and he'd, uh, he was down in Australia for a time on work experience. It just meant that Paul and Finton just physically were not on the same continent for a while or even in the same country to hop in the boat together. So I think it was either before the Europeans or before the Worlds that I'd heard they had just been in the boat five times together this year. Five times, and that includes training. Yet they went and they won European gold then after that, there was a bit of will they, won't they compete in the Worlds because while Finton went on camp 
um, Paul came back home to, to to West Cork because he was um, back in college up in UCC. Um, so they didn't train again together before the Worlds, but they got back in the boat just before that. Paul flew out just before it started and they won World Gold as well. So it's just incredible domination. All I can say is to our listeners, just enjoy them while they're here. Really just enjoy them because what we have, we have two Skibbereen men, two men from the same parish of Affadown, two men from West Cork, two fabulous West Cork ambassadors who are the best in the world at what they do. We know in sport that nothing lasts forever. We know also after the Paris Olympics in 2024 that it could be and is likely to be, be the end of lightweight rowing there. So, um, of course, Paul and Finton might go down the heavyweight route. But who knows what the future has? So just enjoy these two Skibreen roars for the moment. They are the best in the world at what they do. And they're just putting West Cork on the map. And they're also, they're also it's it's a golden year for West Cork sport. You can see the Southern Star sports pages every week. And the Skibreen roars have a huge part to play for that. And especially Paul and Finton as well. Matthew, you mentioned earlier in the podcast about 2016 and the silver medal that Paul won with his brother Gary and at the time like from a sports fan perspective that almost felt like it can't get any better than that for West Cork sport West Cork rowing in Olympic terms but in hindsight now that's nearly a footnote considering what Paul and Gary and then subsequently Paul and Finton and Jake to a certain extent as well have gone on to achieve they've gone from being outsiders who you know, NAB, a silver medal was also almost how it was perceived to the dominant force in a sport that's competed in countries across the globe. Exactly that. And uh, yeah, it was absolutely incredible the way they won the silver medal, but to win a gold and as well as that, they were expected to win it and they still won it. And uh, even at the end of uh, that um, European championship race in uh, the Czech Republic, there, there was a sense of, you know, you know, well done, lads. There was no celebration or anything from them at the end. And that that was what struck me. Like they were saying, Good job, lads. And we got it done here. And it was almost like they expected to win it and they won it anyway. And it was incredible to see that. Like you could see the Italians and the Swiss trying their utmost, trying to catch up with the lads, but they just couldn't. Like they, they tried, they gave it 100%. And like the lads were just too strong for them. The Matthew Hurley seal of approval, number one on our list of the top 10 West Cork sporting moments for 2022. Uh, as we mentioned at the top of the show, Kieran, the Southern Star is in shops this Thursday. There's going to be, that's Thursday the 22nd, there's going to be loads of good stuff in there. Again, over Christmas, the end of year review with loads of great interviews, reviews, insights and everything you need to enjoy a nice sit down and read over Christmas. That's in shops on December the 29th, so make sure to pick up that one. Um, Kieran, before we wrap up this week's edition of the Star Sports Podcast, our festive special, as you can see, Kieran has the Christmas tree lights on behind the angel sitting on his shoulder. I'd just like to take this opportunity to thank the man himself, Matthew Hurley, who's been a great asset to the Southern Star over the last few months on the few weeks that Kieran was away during the year and I had to deputise as sports editor. Matthew was a massive help to me. His output is superb. He works extremely hard. He's been a huge addition to the Southern Star Sports Department and the Star Sport Podcast. He's going to be leaving us 
now. So this is going to be his last appearance on the podcast. It's a big blow. But as we said on last week's edition, we're hugely looking forward to seeing what he does in the future of his career. Hopefully, the Southern Star will factor in it in some way, shape or form. So just from me personally, I'd like to thank Matthew and wish him all the best, Kieran. I'm sure you'll echo those sentiments and maybe you want to add something to, to it as well. 100%. Even though Christmas is a time of, of happiness, this sports podcast, will know, it's tinged with a bit of sadness right at the end because it's a, it, it's a sad farewell to Matthew Hurley. But this this isn't the end, Matthew. This isn't the end. This is just the beginning for you. So it's um it's been terrific over the last five months to just to see your development as a journalist and, and to see your progression. And there's only going to be bigger and better things ahead for you in, in the years ahead. So when you're running the RT sports department in 10 years time and when they're sitting down to pick the the sports person of the year shortlist, I know for a fact that you're going to have a couple of West Cork nominees in there because you'll remember this conversation and you'll you'll remember where you started out with the Southern Star all those years ago with the the mad haired Jack McCarron and the the suave and sophisticated Kier McCarthy and how and how we we showed you the ropes in those early years. But you know it's been you've been a huge asset to the Southern Star sport and you you've you've really helped grow our, our sport coverage over the last couple of couple of months but like I said this is not the end so watch this space yeah so Matthew um, it's been brilliant best of luck and thanks for all the support thanks as well to all the listeners of the Star Sport Podcast over the course of the year it's been another fantastic year of growth and fun and frolics thanks as well to our sponsors Access Credit Union we'd like to wish listeners viewers and sponsors a very Happy Christmas and, of course, a peaceful and happy and hopefully healthy new year. Thanks for listening to the Star Sport Podcast. And thanks as well to our producer, Dylan Mangan, who will be remaining with us for another while yet. Um, He's been great throughout the year as well. So fair play to Dylan, who helps keep this show on the road. If you enjoy these shows, please make sure to rate, review and subscribe on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, YouTube or wherever you get your podcasts. Slán Tomlund.